Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Let Me Explain You a Thing. My name is Andrew and this is the podcast where I explain you a topic from my own knowledge, one that I know a decent amount about. And today I will be talking at you about why the standard format is on a downswing in Magic the Gathering. Uh, By the way, I'm driving. This podcast has zero production value, and I like it that way. Now, on to our subject matter. Uh, So, this was a thread recently um, on the various social meds. Uh, I believe it started with a tweet by Aaron Forsyth, uh, who, I forget his exact role, he's some kind of not executive, but, like, uh, director within Magic R&D, uh, some kind of head honcho type at Wizards, and he, you know, tweeted fans, he often, you know, uh, often speaks directly to fans on Twitter, uh, he, he tweeted asking, uh, paraphrasing, why standard so bad? Why you no like? And people came back with answers. Uh, The thread got shared over to Reddit, you know, as you do. Somebody's got to get those internet points. Um, Thread got shared over to Reddit, and uh, the conversation continued. I have some thoughts on my own, but I thought I'd I'd give, like, a a quick recap of some of the rules. Or not rules, reasons. And then uh, contribute some of my own thoughts on this topic. Maybe in no particular order. Maybe that's how it shakes out. Um, but yeah, so I, as some background, of course, uh, standard used to be like the preeminent way to play magic. Um, I remember when I started playing, which was all the way back in the Halcyon days of 2006, uh, during, uh, uh, Guild Pact had just come out. It was the first Ravnica block. Um, Standard was, you know, when I started to get really into Magic that that spring and summer, um, I, I I think it's it can't be understated how dominant Standard was in, you know, like, okay, there wasn't the kind of content mill that we that we know and love hate today. Um, that didn't exist back in, in 2006. There was, like, what fans refer to as the Mothership, um, the, the main, you know, official Magic website, uh, that had columnists on it, had for a handful of years at that point. Um, so, like, people would write about Magic from different angles, and, you know, the angles themselves were kind of charming. It was, like, here's a designer talking about magic, Mark Rosewater, and interestingly, that column is, like, the only one still standing. (laughs) Um, he's been writing it for 20 years now, and still doing it. Um, he's survived, you know, numerous, like, fundamental changes to the website, but because he's, you know, employed at Wizards and not, like, a contract article, you know, uh, generator, um, you know, he's, he's gonna keep his his spot, probably. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, uh, 
you, you had articles about like playing competitive. You had articles about uh, the pros and the competitive community. You had articles about like building decks on a budget. What kind of decks? Standard. Um, you had articles about, uh, you know, how, how sets are designed and developed um, from more of an internal perspective. Uh, you had some articles about the creative side of magic, the, the art, the names, the flavor text, uh, the world building, all good. But I ask you this now, um, I, that was just the, the content that was available. Commander was not really, it was not an officially supported format. Elder Dragon Highlander was not really a format that anybody played outside of, like, a a select community of judges and their attaches. You know, there oh, I think there was a column about, like, multiplayer play, which is kind of a misnomer in Magic because there's no solitaire play, right? It's not like a video game where you play you know, independently on your own. Um, but, you know, playing with, like, three or more people, there was a column about that, and it was, like, about different dumb formats you could do. Uh, or it was about, like, politics. You know, how how that all worked. The game theory of multiplayer magic. And, you know, this was... Uh, God, over 15 years ago... The, the scene was just not very developed. And I also have to give you a picture. Uh, magic... Magic was just, like, the, the marketing they used was much more, like, for edgelord comic book boys, you know? It was for, like, teens and preteens who had some image of their head of what a cool adult man is like. Uh, I remember there being, um, like, you know, once they started doing ad cards in booster packs, uh, to, to advertise, you know, magic events or upcoming sets or whatever, um, they, there was, there was, like, I don't know, just very juvenile kind of humor and, uh, very edgy, uh, style um, that was used to promote magic at that time. Uh, you can go back and Google it. There's there's some very interesting stuff out there. Um, needless to say, like magic, especially in the last few years, but kind of progressively, you know, over the last fifteen, has become so much more like, uh, you know, accessible, and some of the hard edges have been sanded off, which is makes it very interesting that they would they would do a return set to something like Brothers War because not like Brothers War has some like really bad shit in the story or something or not like uh, I mean honestly Urza is cancelled Urza is cancelled um, but he's not treated as a good guy so I guess that's kind of the thing like maybe if they did Brothers War 10 years ago or 15 years ago they would have treated Urza more as a hero character uh, and now he's like, you know, his flaws are, are, uh, remarked upon. <laughs> um, 
even though I'm reading the Brothers War book and it's it's pretty clear that he is a messy, you know, not a terrific guy, <laughs> uh, we'll say. Anyway, back on subject. Uh, so, yeah, like, another thing that, that was just the way of things with early magic, you'd get a, a theme deck, a 60-card theme deck, because those existed, or you'd get, like, a tournament pack, which was basically three booster packs put into a box, because uh, those existed, and you would you would sort of... Like, there would be a card in there. Instead of a token, instead of an ad card, there would be a pro player card that would have, like, the, you know, kind of a glamour shot of the player on the front, and then on the back it would have, like, what country they were from and, like, uh, you know, what events they had headlined or top-aided or won or whatever. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Uh you know, trying to make it as much like a baseball player card as possible. And I remember thinking, you know, that was kind of the aspiration. That was, you know, what me and a lot of other Magic players at the time uh, in my cohort, you might say, were kind of, kind of thinking could happen to us if we, you know, worked hard, bootstrapped, whatever. Um, that, you know, you you get really, like, you know, you get some, some discretionary income as soon as that comes through for you, and, you know, then you're able to, like, build a really strong deck with powerful cards, and you play in tournaments, and, you know, you're smart, right? Secret is all Magic players are, like, you know, some level of smart, even if they're really dumb in other ways. Um... So, like, that was kind of the, the, the thing, you know? Like, why would you play this game? Basically, the, the idea that you could play this game for riches and notoriety was one of the main reasons that people got interested in it or stayed in it. And the fact that it was fun, that it was, like, a game, was a little bit secondary, um, and I think the, the thing comes down to, like, they've gotten so much better at making magic sets and making fun magic cards and environments um, in the past, you know, X years so much better. Um, even though, you know, we can regret some of the, the business decisions that Wizards makes or... Uh, some of the, you know, like, uh, world-building choices or something like that. Like, yeah. Uh, the early days had much more unrestrained creative id going on. Uh, nowadays, they do have, like, that kind of polish of, of a corporate product a little bit more so. Um, however, they've gotten much better at making cards that are actually fun. Um... And the growth of Commander especially demonstrates that a lot of people just want to play this game to, like, have fun, hang out with friends, meet new people. The, the, the community aspect of it, the game aspect of it, has become much more important than any 
you know, and like, I think a lot of people, you know, maybe the, the average age of Magic players is skewed a little bit older. Um, and a little bit more grounded. The average uh, gender of Magic players is skewed a little bit less uh, cis male. Um, I, you know, I... I think people, people, the expectation has changed. The expectation people bring into Magic has changed. Magic's role in gaming has changed a little bit. And for all these reasons, like, people are no longer looking to, like, milk this game for, you know, money. Uh, there, are, there are other things that play into that as well. But, um... I think that's kind of a fundamental shift that's taken place over the last 15 years since they had pro player cards. Um, but I, I say this all to illustrate the fact that, like, when I started, the game was in a different place. Um, and standard was just the way that people played. So I guess I've kind of already done a lot of the underwriting for this this point, but first point, why, why do people not really play standard so much anymore? <clears throat> it's because that used to be like the predominant way to play. You know, Wizards has said in the past for years, and they still say that the number one way people play Magic by a large, large margin um, is cards I own, kitchen table with friends. Basically, like, not playing any particular format, just, like, you know, building a deck with maybe the 60-card rules, maybe building bigger than that. You just throw cards you own together. You're not really thinking about format or legality or anything like that. You're not, you're not trying to keep to all, cleave to all the rules. You might not even be playing right. Um, So, like, far and away, this is, this is how most people play, experience magic, who play. Um, and second to that, today, the, the number one format is Commander. And that's not larger than all the others, it's just the largest. You know, say that's like 40% or something, or 30% of all play is Commander. That's huge, right? There are thousands and thousands of players, of Magic players, um, millions of Magic players. There are dozens of us. Um, and, you know, when you're, you're looking at even a fraction of that player base being heavily invested in Commander, that's huge. Uh, thing is, it used to be Standard was the number one way to play. So, like I said, my first point is that the game overall used to be more competitive. The casual scene was not as developed. Uh, card stores made their... Uh, you know, made their bread based on selling, like, chase cards for standard decks. Um, and selling boosters and stuff, rather than you know, selling, uh, weird rares from, you know, 10 years ago that, you know, 
suddenly become great in this new legendary creatures commander deck, you know? That was just kind of the way the magic economy was structured, not just at the local game store level, but at, you know, the large online retailer level as well. Um, and that, that itself has also changed. It used to be Star City Games was kind of running the game. Um, you know, they're based out of, like, Virginia, somewhere in Virginia. Uh, you know, now it's so much more about, like, small local game stores and, you know, individual people creating vendor accounts on, like, TCG Player and Card Kingdom, selling stuff there. Um, so it does also sort of give a little bump to people who are, like, just going through their old collections or their binders and, like, hey, something spikes, you know, I'll, I'll list it, get some, some cash money for it. Um, you know, this all coincides very strongly with the growth, the, the, you know, just massive expansion of the internet and the way people use the internet and the way we have access to the internet. Like, remember, 2006, you wanted to get online? Like, sure, at this point, you probably don't have dial-up anymore unless you live somewhere rural. Uh, so that's great. But you're still limited to using your computer. Like, maybe you have a, a BlackBerry or a Palm Pilot or something still. Um, and that enables you to get online. But, like, what are you doing online? Maybe reading articles? Probably not participating in e-commerce. Anyway, this is kind of like a larger social theory I'm getting into. But, yeah, so standard, like, competitive play used to be strongly privileged over casual play. Um, it was kind of laid out as a more aspirational, uh, you know, path for a Magic player. Uh Reason two, the flip side of that, people, the, the, the inverse of that is not only has magic gotten less competitive, but the competitive scene, and this is kind of a chicken and egg scenario, but the competitive scene has withered. Um, they used to do things like the Magic Invitational, where it was an invitational tournament, and uh, the winner, the prize was you'd get to design a magic card in an upcoming set and have the artist, like, put you in the art. And that was a prize, you know, some very powerful cards, uh, needless to say, powerful cards came out of that, but some very well-loved cards, uh, like, um, Dark Confidant is a, a probably the best-known one. You know, a 2-mana, two 2-1 in black that, uh, beginning of your upkeep, you reveal the top card of your library, lose life equal to its mana value, and put it into your hand. It's kind of like, you know, you, you're drawing an extra card each turn, and if you play a competitive deck, which tends to be full of low drops, then you're maybe not taking a lot of damage for that. Um, and 
this card is and has been always known rather affectionately as Bob. I don't know who Bob is, uh, what Bob's last name is, or what he, which year he won to get that card. Um, I would guess around 2003 or four, but, um, you know, so, the, and there have been a lot of other cards, like Ranger of Eos was one, and, ah, uh, fuck, there's, there's a, a ton, um, but they no longer do that, I believe. I, I don't think they have for a while. I think they brought it back, like, as a one-off at some point. Maybe the last one they did was, like, Ixalan. That sounds right. So it's been, like, five years. Four or five years. Yeah, no, clean five years. Anyway, um... Also, Jesus, Ixalan was five years ago. Um... Okay, so, yeah, I, you know, tournament play, and this was probably helped along immensely by COVID. You know, if you're not playing tournaments in stores, tournament play was suspended for, like, a year and a half. It was not until, like, spring, summer-ish of 21, where, uh, like organized play was, like, allowed, like, people were able to hold sanctioned tournaments again. Uh, so that really put a cramp on things. Uh, in the meantime, arena existed, and, uh, you know, there were arena opens, tournaments held by arena, but, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a weird and different thing. It's more, that more coincides with the growth of Magic as an eSport, or as, like, a streaming activity, you know? Um, and again, with Arena, like, other than those Opens, like, what do you play Arena for? What, what does that, like, get you? You're not even getting any physical cards out of it. It's not like you can take your Arena cards and, like, go play Commander with them. Play with your friends. Yeah, in some ways, Arena really blows. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, you know, and they'd have some tournaments on Arena, but, like, for a very rarefied bunch. I don't really know how tournament play works anymore. I haven't kept up with it. I never really kept up with it. Um, so it's not something I care terribly about. But, you know, from people who do care, I've heard that organized play has really been on the decline for years now. Um, again, chicken and egg, but I think, why is standard less popular? Because why would people play standard if it wasn't, like, a supported tournament format? Like, the, it, I don't know, it's kind of, like... You know, I, I would not want to play a format that rotated every year if, you know, half my deck was illegal suddenly. I would not really want to play that for fun. And interestingly, they tried implementing this into Commander, perhaps as a way of, like, kind of bringing down the overall power level. Uh, 
with Brawl. Brawl was like 60 card standard rotating commander. And uh, it was not popular. It did not take off. Um, it's like the format that they have instead of commander on Arena because they can't figure out... I mean, obviously it would take a lot of work to program in like all magic cards, you know, existing. So they just kind of started from when they started in like 2017 or whatever. And you get what you get. Uh, but yeah, so like Brawl was not popular because Standard is not like a fun format independently. Like if it's like an interesting format, uh, Mark Rosewater has talked a little bit about the difference between fun and interesting. Like interesting can be compelling but it's not going to keep you coming back. So, you know, anyway. Um, I guess moving on to a next reason. Uh, why, why people no play Standard. Honestly, because they've really screwed the pooch with Standard. Not just with organized play, but, like, since... Since fall 2018. No, earlier. Or no, not, it wasn't 2018, it was fall 2019. But probably earlier, like, like, spring, we'll say, spring of, of 2019, you have uh, the three mana Teferi from War of the Spark. Uh, has an effect that shuts down or, like, restricts your opponent's instance to, and I think abilities, to sorcery speed, and has these abilities that are, like, a bounce, uh, you know, it was, like, a very effective tempo threat. Became kind of a scourge of standard, and not like it was maybe too powerful, although I think it did eventually get banned. Um... did get banned, but, um, you know, it was kind of, it made, it was one of those things that made standard a little bit less fun for people to play. Uh, and then flash forward to fall, Eldraine comes out, you have a cascade of, like, just shit that people that was, like, so broken. Oko the Broko, for one. Um, everything's an elk, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Oko had... There was no removal. There was no, like... There was no removal in standard that could stop Oko the turn he was played, which... Because you also had cards like Once Upon a Time that made the deck super consistent... Uh, a free card draw spell at the start of the game if it was in your opener. Um, and you had stuff like Gilded Goose. 
uh, to ramp into Oko on turn two. And there was like one uh, white or blue creature of Planeswalker hate in it card in red. I think it was called Roast. That could hit Oko. But because of the way Planeswalkers work, you couldn't cast it fast enough to stop Oko from upping in loyalty. You had to have some kind of trigger on the stack up to be able to respond. Otherwise, your opponent would just hold priority up Oko out of out of roast range. Um, yeah, miserable. Um, the fact that Oko has a is three mana has starts at like five loyalty, has a plus. Maybe it's not five, but gets up to plus five loyalty on the the first turn there as a plus two of making a food and a plus one of turning, you know, your food into a threat, a 3-3, three, three, or turning your opponent's bigger creature into a 3-3 three, three with no abilities, or turning your opponent's, like, key artifact into a dumb 3-3. Three, three. Like, a 3-3 three, three is an interesting space because it can be really good for you if you're, like, churning them out. Or it can be really bad for your opponent if you're blanking their their key stuff. Um, so Oko came out just like wrecked people for months and months, and it was really clear that they didn't want to ban it because it was a new card that was selling the set, you know, <laughs> like E. Uh, on top of that, there was Lucky Clover that uh, copied adventure spells. Um, that was the foundation of a, of a deck as well. Um, yeah, just a lot of broken stuff in Eldraine that really, like, shaped the meta around it and that they couldn't really take action on because, you know, it would also be kind of shooting themselves in the foot to do so. Arguably, they should have anyway, but they didn't. Uh very next set, you have, uh, you have, uh, what's it, um, Theros Beyond Death, you got that red enchantment that gives everything, uh, uh, that ability to, like, be cast out of your graveyard, escape, that's it, um, and then you also have Uro, who, again, super broken. And guess what colors? Green and blue. Ooh. I guess I could just play that in my Oko deck. Why not? Um, there was just, like, a record number of cards that were being banned in standard sets. And then, next set. Guess what? Spring 2020, you got Ikoria. Uh, the companions were so bad so bad, like specifically Yorion and uh, Luris, they warped every format. Every format, you might as well just play a companion. Figure out how you can play a companion with your deck. Um, they warped standards so much that rather than, like, they banned Luris, <coughs> eventually banned Yorion in a number of formats. Um, but also, like, changed how the mechanic fundamentally worked, because it was just, just right off the top, too broken. They made you spend an extra three mana to 
put the card into your hand before you could cast it. And even with that extra three mana, it was pretty powerful. Turns out just having an extra card in your hand is really strong. And especially because all the companions cost hybrid mana. They were not even very particular about the colors that you use to cast them. Just wild. I, you know, it's unbelievable how that ended up happening. Um, but yeah, standard at that time. And then you had the start of COVID. So standard at that time, like, nobody, nobody wanted to play. It was not a good format. It was not a healthy format. Nobody really could play. And probably a lot of people just pieced and never came back. Um, and then you had the following fall of 2021. No, fall 2020. Shit. This all happens in the span of like a year. Keep in mind. Fall of 2020, you have uh, Zendikar, Zendikar Rising. And uh, in that set is a little card called uh, Omnath the Four-Colored. Uh, Four-Colored Omnath has, like, way too many abilities, like, all these landfall abilities that... And, you know, it turns out, you know, landfall is not really a cost. It is, like, a thing that benefits you for doing a thing you want to do anyway, getting lands. Um, and this one card, like, sure it's legendary, sure it costs four different colors, but if you can clear that bar, then it's like, you're, you're gaining life, you're drawing cards, you're dealing damage. Like, it's a win con, it's an engine, it does everything you need. Um, and again, playing four colors, like, yeah, that can be difficult to manage. At the end of the day, it's not really a cost. Like, yeah, great, you have access to more cards. Um, so, you know, there was a span of, again, and that Omnath caught a ban slowly, a little too slow. Uh, so there was a span of, like, over a year, like, a, probably a year and a half, where, a year and a quarter, where just magic was, like, standard was not healthy, it was not fun, uh probably drove a lot of people away. And the last time something like this happened was literally like 2003, and it almost killed Magic as a whole, how bad Standard was. Um, but yeah, uh, another, another problem, and this is also kind of a chicken and egg, is like, I live in a major city. There are many game stores in town. Uh, some that are like like, pillars of my region, you know, uh, I, they don't really have standard events, like, just period, you go on Wizards Event Locator, you punch in standard in your area, uh, you know, good luck finding something, because honestly, there are weekly commander nights, uh, I find more events for, like, Pioneer and Modern, than I do for Standard, which, you know, like, going back 15 years ago, like, you would never see something like Block Constructed or Extended overtake Standard. It just didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, uh, 
that's just kind of a thing. And, like, is it that people, like, tournament attendance for Standard is really low, so they don't offer them? Like, would tournament attendance be higher if they did offer them? Like, higher than zero, sure. But, like, would it be a healthy... Would there be a healthy Standard scene at your local game store? Who knows? Maybe not. Um... Maybe the fact that, that stores don't have standard events is kind of putting a dent in, in interest in standard. Um, another factor, there are no longer blocks. Like, it used to be that standard was defined as the most two, the most recent two years of, of sets. Well, it still is, but like the current block and the one before it. Um, and now we don't have blocks, they're all just discrete sets that develop their own themes and have their own stuff going on. And I think even though they've gotten kind of sneaky about sprinkling in different themes, like say, uh, um, you know, let's see here. I'm trying to think of a good example, but you know, like, they'll they'll have, like, uh, here's a, a set with a tribal sub-theme, and then later on you get a bunch more, like, huh, here are a bunch of, like, warriors and rogues and stuff. Funny, that fits into party pretty well. Um, and that type of thing. But, like, anymore, so many sets have, have so many, so many unique individual things going on that it's, it's hard to really, like, you just, you don't, more sets aren't going to really flesh those out super well. Like, you can do it with creature types, but as a big tribal deck builder, tribal aficionado myself, you know, I, how many times do I go through, I look at all the cards in a color identity of a tribe, and I think, like, okay, a lot of these are draft chaff, that's fine. Of the ones that are, like, strong or interesting, okay, here's a knight, but it cares about vampires. So, like, the fact that it's a knight doesn't really matter. Um, like, its vampire tribal effect is going to be suboptimal in a deck that has, uh, you know, mostly human knights, probably. Maybe some, like you know, elf knights, or, uh, goblin knights, or, you know, zombie knights, who knows, uh, so, you know, something like creature type is an easy way, an easy give, but, like, sometimes the themes just don't line up, uh, or the colors don't line up very well, and that just happens, and, and with, uh, you know, like, say you, you have two blocks. A block is going to expand and iterate on a set of themes. Like, you know, take Theros, that was enchantments for the most part. Um, you know, there were other things that kind of played into it, like heroic and devotion. But like the main theme of the of the block was enchantments. Um, uh, you know, you have a, a set next to it. Uh, like, Return to Ravnica block. 
Uh, main theme was multicolor. Multicolor happens to work, interact really interestingly, especially hybrid multicolor works really interestingly with devotion. So you had like Night Vale, was it Night Vale Spectre? It was like a triple blue-black hybrid card that happened to work really well with the strong mono-black devotion cards and mono-blue devotion cards simultaneously. Uh, so that was a pretty strong deck and standard. And they could craft those themes a little bit more elegantly because you have theme A from one block and theme B from another block. Or, you, have, you know, you have the primary theme of one block and the primary theme of another block. You don't have the primary themes of, like, eight different totally unique sets uh, running against each other and trying to, like, cull something cohesive out of that. So I think that's a big reason. Um, you know, we could keep going. Like, I think another reason uh, Standard is, is slackening is that they are putting a lot more effort into Commander. Um, and, I, you know, it's not a zero-sum game. Like, there are all ways to play Magic. If you play Magic, there's a good chance that you are into different ways of playing Magic. I, for example, really like uh, Draft and Cube and, uh, you know, formats like that apart from Commander. Um, Commander is my number one, but there are different ways of playing that I enjoy. I know a number of people who have gotten into Commander from Modern or Standard. Um, people who play EDH and CEDH, which are different enough, honestly. Um, so, I guess the thing is, like, it's not a total zero-sum game, but there are a lot of people who do prefer playing one way over the other. Um, and, you know, if you're going to put a lot more energy into developing fun products for Commander, you know, look at it like every supplemental set that comes out is not standard legal. Um, you know, Unfinity is not standard legal. Uh, you know, all the Commander Legends sets, not standard legal. Time Spiral Remastered, not standard legal. Every set is legal in Commander, basically. Unless it's like Acorn, has Acorn cards, or it's, you know, something fucking weird like the 30th anniversary packs that are just proxies. But even then, you know, and like people can make exceptions for Acorn. It's really flexible. Uh, standard is very specific. Like, there are so many cards released that just do not clear Standard at all. Like Modern Masters, the Commander decks from every set, none of those cards are legal in Standard. So, does really show, like, they're putting a lot of effort and emphasis into crafting a fun commander experience. And that's, you know, like, honestly, the way, like, the, the gods in Kaldheim worked, and the, the whole fact that we had double-faced cards 
in like Kaldheim and Strixhaven. That was that was mostly to allow the cards to still be playable in standard as four ofs, even while they're legendary, um, to give them another mode that you can cast them as. So it's not like a dead card in your hand if you draw a duplicate. Um, that was made for Commander first and Standard second. Even though you can say they work in Standard, they were not made for Standard. Um, and I think it just, you know, the the quality of cards made for Standard, the energy isn't there, and players just aren't... You know, you, you just can't... You only have so much time you're going to spend playing Magic. You only have so much time you're going to spend with any hobby. You know, if you're going to choose, you're going to probably choose the one that Wizard seems to be more active in supporting. So, I don't know. For all these reasons, I mean, boil it down. I just don't think Standard is very fun if you take away the... if competitive is no longer a major thrust of why you play the game. Um, they've really screwed the pooch with a lot of uh, OP broken cards that you know, have made it into standard legality. Um, there are just a lot of ways that that standard was, was kind of wrecked. COVID hampered things. The tournament scene is non-existent. Block structure isn't you know, current block structure or lack thereof is not doing any favors for a format that was kind of conceived and built around the idea of you play two blocks together. Um, just for all these reasons, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of dwindling and I don't see that as like a bad thing. Um, I was never really much one for standard ever. Like rotating decks that's a hard sell. You know, people love Commander because even if it's a lot of money to buy into or old cards get really expensive, there's, you know, issues with with reprints of things. You know, at least you can play every card you own if you so wanted, if you were so inclined. You can do that. You just can't with... with Standard. Um... Like, maybe if they did more choose-your-own-standard kind of stuff, where, like... Or, you know, this is this is going to be a throwback standard. We're going to do... Um, you know, this is going to be, like, uh, Scars of Mirrod and Innistrad standard experience. Um, maybe that could get more people interested. That would be a reason to dust off your old cards. But, you know, as it is, like... Those those sorts of events sanctioned do not exist. Um, but again, like, what's the point of a sanctioned event to to win prizes? Because it's not really for. There's no such thing as player rewards. They used to send out like textless foil versions of desirable cards for people who participated in tournaments, and they haven't done that for years, probably ten years. Um, I don't know if they even do FNM foils anymore. Uh, I don't think they've done that for, like, five years at least. They do promo packs now, so 
But stores can give out promo packs for anything. They can give them out for Commander. So, you know, why support Standard anymore? So yeah, all those reasons. Standard is dying. I say let it. You know, it's fine. Uh, there are other ways people play Magic and enjoy Magic. And clearly, you know, this is just due to an enjoyment gap. So, anyway... I am at my destination, and this is me signing off. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.